You're listening to Fidame Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from the second Sunday of Lent, March 13th, 2022, entitled, Climb That Mountain and Store Your Treasure in Heaven. This morning, I'd like to share an experience and then maybe call for a show of hands if any of you have had the same experience. It usually starts this way. Uh, maybe a distant acquaintance or a family member or even an old friend may call you out of the blue and say something like, hey, I have this great business opportunity for you. To which you might ask, well, doing what? Well, it's multi-level marketing. You say, what's that? They might give you a CD or a tape or something. This happened to me. An instructor of mine when I was in my early 20s said, I have a great opportunity for you. Listen to this. Listen to this cassette tape. You can, I'm showing my age here. It's a cassette tape. So after driving around for 45 minutes, listening to a guy talk about freedom, wealth, travel, multi-level marketing. I gave it back to him. I said, he didn't say anything. What is it? So then I, or you might get invited to a party, sitting down in a living room with a bunch of other people as someone shares with you multi-level marketing, how much you can make in a week, a month, a year, and show you videos of People with what they call passive income. I went home and I told my parents, they want me to be a distributor for Amway. And my parents said, run. <laughs> okay. This could be Herbalife or Advocare or something like that. Who has had this experience? Oh, some of you are not raising your hands. Blessed are you. If you do sell these things, I will pray for you. But as I think back now, I remember these little meetings we went to and watching these videos. With the eyes of faith, I look back and see what they were trying to sell. They were trying to sell heaven with no Good Friday. They were trying to sell Easter with no suffering. They were asked being seductive and saying you can build up your bank account uh, with ease and live what they called easy street. They, like I said, they use this term passive income, which is very seductive. You have this image of you sitting on your recliner as the check comes in your mailbox. I think they call it a, a pyramid scheme, a pyramid scheme. I'm not even sure that's legal, but they're out there. But I also remember what happened to my friend, and I won't mention his name. But at the end of it all, he, he lost a lot. He lost his wife. He alienated his friends. For a while, he was filled with shame, and he went broke. For very much, he had hit rock bottom. But he had a garage full of product. 
shampoo and potato chips because he had to buy a bunch of this stuff to stay at a certain level. But they gave the impression if you just recruit others that you just start making money and they used this term, the money would go up the line, up the line. If you grew to enough people that you'll start making a percentage and you just be sitting pretty at the top of this pyramid. Now, today, in, in the gospel, we have the story, and it's in, it's in other gospels too, slightly different, of Jesus, uh, Peter, James, and John going up Mount Tabor. And I can imagine Jesus saying to these three, who are probably just relaxing, saying, hey, you three come with me, I got a great opportunity for you. <laughs> and they go up this mountain, we, we are spared the details, but we do hear they collapse when they get to the top. I've been up this mountain. We took a bus up this mountain. And even on the bus, I was exhausted when we got to the top. But there they experienced, in many ways, a, a mountaintop experience, a heaven experience, a taste of heaven. They got to see Jesus in all his glory. They experienced the Trinity. But they also experienced something else, which theologians just dive into. They see Jesus having a conversation with Moses and Elijah, just sitting there talking. And in this gospel, we get to hear what they're talking about. They're not talking about heaven. They're not talking about living it up. They're not talking about easy street. They're talking about Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem. They're talking, it says here, his exodus into Jerusalem. They're talking about his Good Friday experience. Jesus with Moses and Elijah discussing Maybe the opposite of what they're experiencing. Peter, James, and John are experiencing a taste of heaven. They're talking about Christ's hell when he goes through his suffering. And then he does something that's alluded here and in other gospels that they don't do at these big conventions for herbal life, Advocare, and Amway. He tells them, keep your mouth shut. Don't tell people what happened. This was for you alone. And as really the prayers in the mass say, he wanted to sustain them. He wanted to give them an image, a small taste of heaven to see Jesus as his best because they're about to see Jesus at his worst. And it's that image that we keep up here because I watched a couple of the YouTube videos about Amway and Herbalife and they don't have any images like that. They got a bunch of images like this. I would ask you this week sometime, maybe it'd be a nice little reflection at home. Many of you have experienced what I would call Good Friday experiences, suffering experiences, whether it's sickness, loss of a job, loss of a family member, a death in a family, maybe even infidelity. Because I think of my friend, because he hit despair. He did not know the Lord, so he had nothing to sustain him. But something sustained you. And we look back in our lives and see those times when we have gone through those Good Friday experiences. Maybe to reflect on what sustained you. What sustained you. Because in, as Catholics, we do experience mountaintop experiences. Oftentimes, people go on axe retreats 
or they go on Chirp or Cursillo or Tech or a, a Steubenville conference. And I've been on all of these. And there is a tendency to just want to stay there. You don't want to come home. I remember we were at a, an adoration where the Bus of Sacrament was exposed with a bunch of teenagers and they were playing praise and worship songs and the kids were losing themselves. They loved it. And one of the kids who wasn't even Catholic told me, I wish it would just would go on and on and on. But sadly, we had to get back in the bus and drive home. Peter, James, and John, they're up on the mountain and I think they just wanted to stay. And Jesus says, no, we have to go back down. We have to go back down into the real world and bring what you experienced. Remember what you experienced. Because I think even now, people think of the church as sort of a pyramid, you know, scheme with the Pope at the top and the rest of us down towards the bottom. But Christ has taught us it's really more of an inverted one. He said, I'm going to die for you. It's not the other way around. In Advocare, Herbalife, at whatever it is, there's somebody sitting at the top just being fed. Jesus, no, you go feed them. You go forgive them. You go heal them. You go die for them. It's very much an upside down sort of pyramid. But also, we're, you're supposed to and I'm supposed to be in the world not to get what we can out of the world, but to give. We're supposed to be little Jesuses walking around. We're supposed to be lights walking around. And give joy and meeting, especially in those times of suffering, in those times of wonder, in those times of confusion. And remember that the world will try to seduce us with its money, fame, and a promise of ha eternal happiness. You know, I, I, I've, I tell these stories sometimes over and over again, and it's, I think I tell them over and over again because they're the stories that formed me. I was, uh, for a time in my uh, seminary life, I worked in a mental health unit, and I, I know Tim has done that quite a bit, but it, it was my first time doing it. And this particular mental health was, was a lockdown sort of unit. These people had schizophrenia, paranoia, and I loved it. There was even a couple guys in there who thought they were Jesus. And we'd put them in a room together just to see what they would talk about. Not to make fun of them. I love them. But there was one guy who I knew he was one of the patients because he wore the same, same outfit as they did. But he was always helping. He was always, hey, can I get you something? What do you guys need? This needs to be cleaned up. Helping the staff. So as I was there for a few months, I finally had the nerve to ask him, hey, uh, well, why are you in here? You seem normal. And he said, well, I'm, I'm in here because I try to take my life. My family put me in here. Oh. And after a few weeks more, I had the guts to ask him, so, so why would you do that? What happened? You seem like a regular guy. And he said, well, I was a stockbroker. And he handled people's stocks. I don't know how this works. All I know is they went bankrupt because of him. And he lost all hope. He hit rock bottom. He didn't know the Lord. He had his 
Good Friday experience and he had nothing to remember, nothing to sustain him. But we do, hopefully, and remember what Jesus promised us, the exact opposite. He didn't tell his disciples, listen, just stay positive and you'll be successful. No, he said they're going to drag you up, they're going to draw you in the court, they're going to some they're going to put you to death. <laughs> Get the work. Actually opposite. So you pick up your cross and follow me. Look at these wounds in my hands and my side. This is, this is what's up for you. But it will have meaning. You will find salvation. Because we look at the saints especially. And we remind it in many ways they kind of died like my friend struggled. Francis, Ignatius, Augustine. They died alone. Broke, penniless. But what gave their life meaning? My uh, sort of confirmation saint, you know, patron saint, Saint Damien of Molokai, he died with no wife. He died with very few friends. He had a few lepers surrounding him. But to the world, he was a leper. There was a whole element of shame that kind of surrounded his death because there was a rumor that he had violated his vow of celibacy and that's why he was sick so he died many people thinking bad of him and he died broke but on his deathbed he was full of joy full of life because he had something to look forward to he didn't have a garage full of product he had treasure in heaven and every time he sought to minister to someone dying and they died it was not a failure it was a success. That's the countercultural Christian of Christianity. And let me testify in a personal way. I've never been a salesman. We need salesmen. I know people here do sell. We need that. That's part of our economy. But if a salesman tries to sell something and he doesn't make the sale, that's considered a failure. You didn't make any money. Nothing happened. I know people probably approached you about selling something that'll change your life. I have a vague memory of people trying to sell us encyclopedias. Remember those days? Encyc or vacuums. Close the door. But when we, as a church, go out into the streets, go door to door, and someone cusses us out and slams the door, I will tell you, there's a sense of consolation for me. Now, sometimes they'll root and they'll slam the door and I'll say, hey, this little mat says welcome. I'm not feeling very welcome right now. <laughs> I could be less sarcastic, I suppose. <laughs> but I am reminded that Jesus said, listen, there were those who will rebuke you and call you every kind of name and blessed are you because your reward is great as in heaven. There's a certain consoling there. I have done what the Lord has asked me to do. I have gotten up to bat and I swung and missed and that's okay. And on, at the last day, at my resurrection, I can look at the Lord and that person and say, hey, I asked. We tried. Check. I'm off the hook. I've done what I've been asked to do. And that's consoling. It's even it, it wires us. It makes us filled with joy. But as a church, remember that we are not sending funds up the line 
It is Christ who comes down to us as Catholics. He actually comes to us actually, really, truly, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And he asks us to go out into the world and not try to fill our garages with product, but to store up treasure in heaven, knowing that at this Lenten time, we are on the trek up that mountain, and the mountain is Christ. And it is not easy to be a faithful Catholic. It isn't. George Weigel wrote a book, if you ever want to read it, called Courage to be Catholic. It takes courage to be an authentic Catholic. Mother Church asks a lot of us, but it is all a gift because he is a gift to us. To climb that mountain, remember that the Christian faith is no pyramid scheme. It's not about something, but about someone. And hopefully we can get as excited about our faith in Jesus Christ as the world does, about a sense of false happiness and easy street and passive income, because saints right now do enjoy, do enjoy that beatific vision that we all live our life hopefully working for and not for treasure in this world. You've been listening to Fidein Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.